0: We want to thank you for giving us a moment to step into your world and tell you about our world. Our ministry passion is driven by three keys. Chitenge Creations. Bridging
1: China and Africa.
0: And CLI, where we are commissioning a lifestyle of integrity across this great continent of Africa. I remember very, very clear. I said, you know, every day I woke up, I see the Chinese people, hundreds and hundreds of them living in that huge compound. I can't talk to them because I don't know their language, but then, then the Lord is putting a burden on my heart to reach them. And gentlemen, three years later, we have our first Chinese missionary family on the ground in his Hi, my
1: name is JJ, my Chinese name is Zhou Jiang. I come from China, and we cannot just stay there in China, enjoy the, our lives, and the call was there, and uh, call us to the BCA and come to Africa to reach to our Chinese books here. We found our purpose life uh, in, in my life here. Tanky Creation is a sewing initiative that was started five years ago in Kitwe, Zambia, where today many rural women have started their own sewing enterprises and have become self-sustaining. Now it has moved its influence to the city center of Pretoria, South Africa, where we have opened our very first sewing school. We desire to see our students graduate with top tailoring skill and also acquire basic business skill so that perhaps one day they too may start their own sewing enterprises. Our goal is to open branch schools in the neighboring townships of Pretoria, where many South Africans live. So many are impoverished or are unemployed and cannot even afford transportation into the city. So why not take the school to them?
0: years ago, I felt God put on my heart to deal with corruption that is across the entire continent of Africa. We developed CLI and brought together 25 pastors at a time, encouraging them to live a lifestyle of integrity and influence their community. I've always believed in the power of partnership. Phil Pipke and I worked together here in Africa for about five years, and together, We believe God is birthing this movement of integrity. Imagine transforming a culture of corruption. It's possible. One person at a time, we can commission a lifestyle of integrity. And together, in country after country, we are going to see the culture change. We have a plan. We think it's from God. That could result in up to a million people in every country embracing integrity of every age, men and women becoming people of integrity in their country. That's our prayer.
1: Well, there you have it. This is what we've been busy for the last eight years doing. Our passion, it's certainly... um, engage on a daily basis within these three entities what a pleasure it is to be back for those of you who do remember us I can't believe that it was already eight years ago that we literally stood on this platform and had to voice, for me, the most difficult words of our ministry, which was to announce to you that we really believed that our time was over after 13 incredible years. Guess what? We haven't forgotten. You are in our heart, literally on a daily basis, I know that evangelists serve as preparation ground, truly, for what we are doing now. So thank you, thank you. And you were um, also extended your hand in supporting us, not only prayerfully, but financially. We're humbled by that, and thank you, and it means the world. So I have brought products, actually, with the work that I, I am involved with in Zambia and also in South Africa, some of the women have been doing uh, products that are made out of the African fabric that is called chitenge. Every product is unique to us. It's our own pattern. It's made of top tailoring skill. The reason we do that is simply to enable them, empower them. So by the time they are done doing these products for us, they are literally in a position to begin their own sewing enterprises. And that's just so exciting. So for every item that you buy a hundred percent of the proceed will be going to a brand new school factory uniform that we're going to start in one of the township outside of south africa so i'm really pumped about that i'm truly excited and on behalf of these women thank you for visiting our table olga is at the back emily and we just encourage you to visit it it's been awesome and thank you great to be back
0: Thank you. This lady continues to be terrific. She was 29 years old when she left Evangel. And she's still 29. It's amazing. 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 Uh, My wife has said it all. What a a delight and an honor. Thank you, Patty, for this privilege of being in this beautifully renovated uh, church. It's It's just absolutely fantastic. And I want to get right into the Word this morning and share with you what's on my heart. I went to your website, checked out what you're doing, and i got to tell you, I love it. I love the theme of your 100th year of Inside Out Church. And so I've just been uh, thinking of that for actually quite a long time. So long that my wife and I, when we left Pretoria just a few weeks ago, actually almost two months now, it's hard to believe how time goes. And in August, we go back uh, to our home in Pretoria, South Africa. But just a couple of days before we left, we were coming back to our home, and I saw this truck. And I said, MJ, you've got to take a picture of this truck, because I thought of you. Inside Out Projects. And I just said, hey, this is very fitting. Inside out projects, and you can see if you want to get this man from South Africa. He can do anything for you. And uh, uh it's all there. There's the number. Just call him, and I'm sure he could be here by tomorrow and do your inside out renovations for you. Now I I, I looked at this picture this morning and I thank the VP people. I, I plugged this picture in last minute this morning because I couldn't resist not only inside out, but then look at the sign below. Welders With tools. Now you say, "What's all of that about, folk?" In Africa, that is very significant. My wife and I lived in Zambia. Anybody here from Zambia? Nobody this morning from Zambia. So I'll say this, and I won't offend any Zambians in the room. I, we moved to Zambia for four years before relocating to Pretoria. And we needed to get some electrical work done in our house. And so we were recommended to an electrician, and the electrician came to the house. I was away, and and he came to the door, and he said, I'm the electrician here to do your work. And as he came in the door, he said, do you have any tools? That's important. That sign becomes very important. If you need a welder, hire this welder. He has tools. Very, very important. Inside out. And as I thought of your theme for this 100th anniversary, I I have to confess, I went back five years ago to the time that we had the privilege of preaching at your 95th anniversary. And I don't expect anybody to remember. I'm surprised I remember myself. But I remember clearly sharing the text of Abraham and Sarah and how... At the age of 190 respectively, Sarah would give birth to a son. And here we were five years ago, right in between the 90 and the 100th year of this church. And I remember challenging you as a church that at your 95th anniversary, there was a place of decision as to whether or not you would move forward. I stand in this beautifully renovated auditorium this morning and I see your vision in your hundredth year as a church and I have a strong sense that you continue to move forward. But in this hundredth year, I I want to give you one more challenge this morning. I want to ask you this question, will you enjoy the comfort of your newly renovated home? Or will you move outside and get a vision for the world around you? And I know what some might be thinking. Thanks a lot. We just got into it. And now you're asking us to move out of it. Could we just enjoy this room for a little while? Well, as I was thinking of your theme, I went to Genesis 15 verse 5. We're back talking about Abraham. And it says in that verse, He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then He said to him, So shall your offspring be. This is a very significant verse. This is a very significant verse in the life of Abraham. And I believe it demonstrates a profound image for the church of Jesus Christ today. And if I were to word that image, I would would suggest to you a heavenly vision versus a ceiling vision, and I'll explain it. God had promised Abraham that at the age of 100, a son coming from his own body would be his heir. And as I read this story, and as I look at it in detail, I I have a feeling God maybe knew two things that he wanted Abraham to realize, and I believe wants the church to realize today. A, number one, if Abraham stayed in the tent, the ceiling would cast a shadow of doubt on God's promise. We know that because in the first couple of verses of Genesis 15... Abraham is in his tent, and he's beginning to ponder what God has said to him. That at the age of a hundred, out of your body will come a promised son. The Bible says that within the tent, Abraham said, Oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. You see, as long as you stay in the tent, the tent causes us to think of all the impossibilities. If Abraham stayed in the tent, the ceiling would cast a shadow of doubt on God's promise. And that's why I believe God knew a second thing. If Abraham stayed in the tent, the ceiling of that tent would limit his vision. Because you see, outside of the tent, God said, look up to the heavens. And count the stars, if indeed you can count them, so shall your offspring be. And the Bible says, Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Inside the tent, man speaks. Outside the tent, God speaks. Inside the tent, man sees the obstacles. Outside the tent, God shows the opportunities. Inside the tent, man's vision is limited by the height of the ceiling. Outside the tent, God shows the magnitude of his vision and the limitless potential of his promises. Inside the tent, man lives in the safety of a comfort zone. Outside the tent, God opens the doors to possession. At the age of 75, God called Abraham to go outside of his comfort zone. Some of you think 75 is just the time to take it easy. Not for Abraham. Not for a man that you'll see in a picture in a moment, and I may forget to mention it, so I'll mention it now. You'll see a picture of a 70 year old man from British Columbia who just spent two months in Zambia working on our BCA property and doing multiple projects at the age of 70. Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3, these words, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. I like what one commentator says, the threefold demand led to a threefold promise, leaving his country led to a great nation, leaving his people led to a great name, and leaving his father's household led to a blessing of all the peoples of the earth. When MJ and I, I should say Marie José, you know her as Marie Jose, by the way, you pronounced her name so well. When I first got to know my future wife, I took her out on our first date. I practiced for three days how to say her name. I still got it wrong. That date was right here in Montreal, downtown Montreal. I guess she must have still loved me because we've been married for thirty-four years. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. She gave me all the gray hair. She has none. It's amazing. It's amazing. Eight years ago, MJ and I had no idea that when we left the comfort of this tent, what God would do across the continent of Africa. Little did we know that God would give us three keys that would play such a significant role in leadership development across that great continent. Eight years ago, MJ had no idea that she would play a role in helping African women to learn sewing skills and become self-sustaining. Eight years ago, I had no idea that I'd be part of launching a movement of integrity that has the potential to see up to one million men and women from every walk of society commit to a lifestyle of integrity in every nation that CLI impacts. Eight years ago, I had no idea that I would have the privilege of partnering with two other men and reaching Chinese people who live and work on the continent of Africa. I must say, I get a little bit of a check in my heart today because you've heard me say, I, I, and this has nothing to do with us. We've been watching literally in eight years God's stories that no human being could ever write. So I make sure that you understand that. But for a moment, I want to take one of those keys and give you a sense of what God does in world missions through a church like this who believes in not only the people and the world outside of your church, but the people around the world. Because we left here in 2008. And in 2009, something significant happened that led to what we now know as bridging China and Africa. I'll quickly tell you this story. It's a long one made very, very short. A year after leaving Evangel, we made a trip to Angola. It's an incredible story of how a 75-member church in Edmonton, Alberta, a Portuguese-speaking church, planted a church in Angola. And today, there are over 8,000 people in 10 churches and 50—sorry, 50, uh, 50, 59 pastors and evangelists all started by a 75-member church in Edmonton, Alberta. And in 2009, we were there. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Give God glory for that. And in 2009, I was doing some leadership training in Angola, and the, the pastor you see on the left, he's the Portuguese pastor from Pedro Perez from Edmonton, Alberta. Steve, I see you here. I don't know if you know Pedro. You must. A great guy. He's now started a church and a theater in Edmonton. And we baptized 25 people in the Atlantic Ocean that Saturday morning. While we were baptizing people, two young Chinese Men came walking down the beach and they asked an individual what was happening in the water. They didn't know it, but they were talking to the youth pastor of the church. And he said, Well, let me tell you, these are people who have given their hearts to Jesus Christ. They are being baptized in water and it simply represents their faith in Jesus Christ and they're giving public declaration of their faith in Jesus. One young Chinese man said, oh, he said, my mother is a Christian back in China, and she's been praying for years that I would give my heart to Jesus. And I want you to know that that morning, that young man and his friend who had come from China to work, gave their hearts to Jesus Christ, and we had the privilege of baptizing them in the Atlantic Ocean. Hallelujah. I didn't know in 2009 that in 2012, God would bring three men together in Livingstone, Zambia, at a pastor's conference, and over, I'm still into health food, hallelujah, over pizza and ice cream. My wife wasn't there. I wouldn't have been eating pizza, I assure you. Over pizza and ice cream. David Chabali, a pastor in Zambia, said, Gentlemen, I've got to do something about the hundreds of Chinese who are living and working outside the doors of our church. Listen to this I will resign my church if I have to in order to reach those Chinese and I'll learn their language. And I'm sitting there and saying, What's God? David doesn't have to resign. Bill Pipke has spent a total of one year of his life. He's made 18 trips to China. And as he put all those trips together, about one year of his life spent working in China. And I said, Bill, David shouldn't have to resign his church. Surely you have contacts that can uh, allow us to get somebody from China to come to Zambia and reach Chinese people who are living and working there. One million across Africa. And on that day in that pizza shop, God birthed a vision amongst three men. And the next thing that we did in 2014, we made a trip to China together in search of a missionary, saying, God, would you lead us to someone who would come? And you saw in the video this morning, we're introduced to JJ and his family. They've now been in Zambia for over a year, reaching out to the Chinese. They are meeting people... Uh, Every week, a group of ten, he goes and has Bible studies with individuals. He picked us up at the airport last, got to remember now, last November, and took us to a Chinese restaurant and introduced us to the owner of the restaurant. And the owner, who is not yet a believer, said, This is my friend JJ. He has a Bible study with me. He's teaching me on the Gospel of John. Just a few weeks ago, about three and a half weeks ago now, Chinese man had a pain in his leg. And J.J. visited him and prayed with him. And he said, you know, the pain seems to be leaving. And the next day, J.J. saw him. He said, the pain's still gone. And that day, J.J. led him to Jesus Christ. Story after story after story. And just this year, we have been able to acquire a property in Zambia. This picture doesn't do it justice. It's on 13 acres of land. A huge... (laughs) A Zambian, I I never tell this publicly, I probably shouldn't, but a a, a Zambian who ended up having three different wives and he kept building extensions onto his house to keep his wives happy. Only in Africa, I suppose. Steve, that never happens in Europe, I, I know. And yet, all along, we now see God's plan as this building will house a school for Chinese children. This, this building is our Bridge Cultural Center where every week J.J. and his wife are meeting and having Bible studies. As a matter of fact, take a look uh, at some of these pictures. These are very recent. As a matter of fact, they can't send me pictures. I have to be very, very careful what they send, but we've got these few pictures to show you. The man on the top left, uh, David Brace from British Columbia, 70 years of age, has done incredible work Maybe God wants to speak to you about going somewhere in the world for a couple of months and being used of God. I don't know. God puts that on your heart to go somewhere. Talk to your pastor. Let your pastor know your heart. God can open incredible doors for you. All because God wants to reach Chinese people who have come out of China who do not know Jesus. Bill Pipke was just in China two weeks ago and in Hong Kong found this apparatus. We had been introduced to it before, but brought some back, and we hope that this is getting gonna get into the hands of hundreds of Chinese who are living and working in Zambia. And on this little gadget, there is the entire Bible in Mandarin. The the Bible in Mandarin Chinese and hundreds of worship songs and discipleship courses on a little machine that we're believing God is going to use to bring Chinese to people. There's an organization I'm going to take just a moment to tell this and then move into the ending of this message today. But just uh, two weeks ago, Bill met with an organization who has about uh, represents two hundred family churches, which are underground churches in China. Bill has been invited to a conference in South Korea. We're free to tell you this because it's on the internet. A conference in South Korea. Where he's been asked to do a workshop about the Chinese in Africa, because this organization wants to say thank you to people from around the world. Twenty thousand missionaries who came to China to spread the gospel. And now this organization, they're calling themselves 2030. By the year 2030, want to send Chinese all across the world as evangelists, 20,000 Chinese. And they looked at Bill and said, we want to come to Africa, but we need a place to train them. And Bill said, well, we happen to have a property that is perfect as a training school. So he's going back in September. You can be praying for that God will open doors to see us bring Chinese missionaries. And the whole idea of our BCA property in Zambia is that there Chinese will be, will learn English and they'll be trained as missionaries. And we literally every two years want to send a missionary to another part of Africa because the Chinese are all over the continent. We want to do it one country after the other after the other. See, I don't know what it is. But when you leave the comfort zone of the tent that you love and thought you would love forever, thought maybe even stay till retirement, I guess that's why God said, don't get that idea. You're going to get too comfortable. When God moves you outside the tent, He gives you a vision that is not restricted by the height of the ceiling. He gives you a vision. And as we take this message to one other level this morning. I want you to follow closely on the screen because if I had time and if it was in a different setting like that of a seminar, I'd be asking your opinion on what you're about to see. But I want to read from Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 to 38. Up until a couple of years ago, I would have not use this text on a morning like this because it sounds like a typical missions message. Since I was a child, I heard this text preached at missionary events. Jesus went through all of the towns and the villages teaching and I don't hesitate to preach this as a missions, at a mission service this morning not sure if this is going to go for there we go. because up until about three years ago, I, I, I saw this text as purely a missions text for the uttermost parts of the world until Tom, a sheep farmer, and his little dog boomer, who has a nickname "Holy Spirit, because he chases the sheep. ha! Tom and Boomer taught me an incredible lesson about this text. It's changed my life. And I say that sincerely. After I met him, I went back to my hotel room, and I just was inspired as I went to this text that I've read you this morning. Because for those who are feeling off the hook because this is a mission service, and you know God's not going to send you to Africa like He did us Let me tell you what Tom and Boomer taught me about three years ago in northern Ontario. I was doing a leadership seminar at their church, and Tom said, I've got a problem. He said, I I have the best of grain, but the sheep outside of the barn will not feed on that grain. We discussed it in the leadership meeting as to what he could do, and somebody said, well, Tom, why not if they won't come in the barn, why don't you take the good grain outside of the barn? He said, I'm gonna go home and try it. Tom is a very reserved sheep farmer. He comes to church Sunday morning. He literally, literally runs to me. Don, Don, guess what? Guess what? Tom, what? I took the grain out to the sheep today, and guess what happened? And so He started to talk to me, and I said, Tom, I've got to go and visit your firm. So Monday morning, went to visit Tom and Boomer. I had two hours that I will never forget. Some of the pictures aren't great quality. It was on an old iPhone. And so uh, it just kind of fuzzy, but it makes the point. Because I looked from outside into the barn, Tom could get some renovation lessons from you. I have to admit, his barn is not very nice looking. I really wish Tom could see this church. Didn't call it a barn, this church. I want you to look at the picture. I want you to see church from the outside in. Because before we can see it from the inside out, sometimes we have to look from the outside in. But we very rarely do that. What do people think and see when they walk by this church? You see, when you leave here today, we walk out of the church into a muddy, messy world. As you look closely at this picture, there are people at the threshold of decision. Some of them right at the doorstep, walking, uh, ready to walk away from the church and go back into the messy world. They've become disillusioned, whatever the reason in the church. As you can see, others who have walked away, either going back into the messy world. I'd love to think some of them are leaving to take the message of Jesus to a messy world, but more than likely they're walking away into the messy world. I don't want to be offensive this morning, and I'll try to use careful language. But as you look at that picture and see so many of the backsides Facing out. There's the danger of feeding so much inside the church that our backsides are turned from the needs outside the church. Then I went into the barn. I looked from the inside out. Unfortunately, this picture has gotten cut to fit the screen, I'm sure, but it still makes the point. Folk, we build a church. I can't tell you how thrilled I am about your renovations. This is what was needed years and years ago. I love the glass. You can now see clearly from inside to the outside. But we so often build the church in hopes that people will come. But statistics tell us that very few come on their own. As a matter of fact, there's really only one sheep ready to walk through into the barn. Some look at the church from the outside and wonder what goes on inside. See some of those sheep looking in from a distance saying, hmm, I wonder what's going on in there. I'd suggest the haystack represents the marketplace, the schools, the factories, the office towers where people go and live and work every week of the year. And the part that's cut off is a beautiful green area that's way off in the distance. And I'd like to think that maybe that represents the church's opportunity if they can't go themselves to send people off to faraway fields to reach people for Jesus Christ. But then there's the church and the community And I believe this is where this church is at. Because you see, (laughs) you only see the bottom of Tom's boots. But I can tell you that Tom is connected to those rubber boots. And while we were there, he did what he had done the day before. And he took the good grain. And he put it out in a trough. And you can literally see all of those sheep had come from the marketplace toward the trough, wondering what was going on. You see, that's what the inside-out church is all about. It's taking the good news, the good grain of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what the church and the community is all about. Tom and his sheep give us a great insight into the mission of the church. Not everyone will come into the church. We need to take good grain of the gospel to them to do good, to love each other, to reveal Jesus. I want you to know that missions begins when you walk out of the doors of this church. Some of us are called to be missionaries to the furthest parts of the world, but all of us are called to be missionaries right here at home. And so as I come to a conclusion this morning, I don't like the word conclusion. Because conclusion says, okay, Don, you you share with us that. Thank you. It was good. But sometimes we leave a conclusion inside the tent. So I call it a take home. What's the take home today? What is God saying to us as a church What's God saying to me as an individual? I believe God is calling us to be people of influence in the messy, muddy world that sin has caused. And He says to all of us, wherever you go, people that your pastor can never reach, but you can because you go to them tomorrow when you go back to work or to school into the marketplace. You become a person of influence. There's an Old Testament story. The book is named after her. Her name is Esther. It's a fantastic story. I don't have time to unpack it. Many of you know the story. But the king had a signet ring, and when he would take that signet ring, and he'd give it to a person. He was giving them basically his authority to use it, to whatever they had to accomplish. The story of Esther tells us that he gave the ring to two people. He gave the ring to Haggai, who saw it as his opportunity to annihilate the Jewish nation. Fortunately, in the story, God had other plans through Esther. The Bible says when the king gave the ring to Haggai, he said, Do as you please. (laughs) And that was music to Haggai's ear because he was going to use that ring to annihilate the Jews. It ends up that Haggai is taken and hung on the gallows that he had actually made for Mordecai. (laughs) And then the king takes the ring back from the dead body of Haggai and he says, Mordecai, I'm giving you this ring. Notice the difference in the words. This time he said to Mordecai, do as seems best to you. And with the power of that ring, Mordecai literally saved the Jewish nation from annihilation. This morning, I challenge you to enjoy the beauty of this tent. But don't let it become too comfortable. When you leave here, you have a decision. Do as you please or do what seems best to you. Let me tell you, there are going to be people at the workplace tomorrow who just need your love. They don't need you to preach at them. They'll have had a very difficult weekend. They just need your love. And through your love, you can reveal Jesus, the best of the grain. You can reveal Jesus challenge you. You become magnetic. You become like a match. When your match gets lit and you touch the life of another, it just continues to happen. That's what a church looks like from the inside out.